I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. So seductive. I take you to the candy shop I let you lick the lollipop But oh, girl, don't you stop Keep going till you hit the spot Whoa. I'll take you to the candy shop yeah. One more taste of what I got uh-huh. I have you spending all you got Come on. Keep going till you hit the spot Welcome oh. back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn New theme Thursday And actually the theme of the day is National Toothache Day and things that give you toothaches, well, that's what the songs are about. Things that may give you a toothache. My man Patrick, he's the ideal. You know, he comes up with these brilliant ideas to keep us on our toes. New theme Thursday. You can be a part of it. Hit us up on the spec text line, 512-337-3776. You also can do it via Twitter. Harge is at Hardball Harge in the Twitterverse. Patrick Davis at It's Patrick Davis. And I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, we got some uh, breakdown about the big game coming up this weekend. And uh, thanks to our sponsor, uh, we got some big game bowl coverage for you. But first, let's hear from them. The Horns Big Game Coverage is brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer. Located in Leander on Crystal Falls Parkway and in Northeast Austin at I-35 and Runberg. Call Texas Truck and Trailer at 512-528-6038. That's 528-6038. All right. uh, I was thinking about something with this matchup. Or at least I saw a little stat that made me think about uh, something with this matchup between the Eagles and the Chiefs. Kansas City. Well, they can become, I should say they can become the first team ever in NFL history to have a fourth quarter lead in 20 games in a a single season. So they've had a fourth quarter lead in every game they played this season. Um, Man, that is crazy. It got me thinking about the Eagles. The Eagles love to play with a lead. Yep. The Eagles love to play with a lead, and Kansas City actually – is comfortable playing from behind. They don't have they don't they have no they have no anxiety no. about playing from behind because they actually sometimes from, they prefer it. Yes, at a deficit. I was looking at another number. If you look at at a deficit uh, when they're playing from behind, the Kansas City Chiefs have the best offense in the NFL. When indeed they do have to play from behind, so they're not afraid to have to do that. So to me, Kansas City is comfortable either way. Yep. They're comfortable playing at a deficit, playing from behind. They got to do that and having to, you know, win the game in the fourth quarter in clutch time. We've seen Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs do that yep. um, year after year. Actually, the, the the Eagles haven't really been in that situation a ton. They're good in the fourth right, quarter. Right. They are, but they haven't been in that situation a lot. They play with a lead, and I wonder. And part of that is they were the best second quarter team second quarter. in the history of the NFL. Yep. So they outscored their opponents in the second quarter, and usually that's when they delivered the knockout blow in the second quarter. When you said that to me, I paid more attention oh. to it. I was like, you know what? He they were ain't great, lying. and they they open up really well. How about this? The Eagles have scored on sixty three percent of their opening drives. Yeah. Uh, 52% of the time, actually close to 53% of the time, that's a touchdown. Only Minnesota 
was over 50 percent touchdown rate on their opening drives. And by the way, they throw it more on their opening drives, 63 percent, than they do any other time of the game. They they run it 56 percent of the time for the rest of the game. But on the opening drive, only on the opening drive, they throw it 63 percent of the time. Yeah, because they usually want to make sure they score, get a lead. And once they get a lead, why? You playing with a lead, you got to deal with that pass rush. Yep. If you're playing, um, you know, at a, you know, from behind against Philadelphia, if you got to throw the ball, you're going to be in a hell of a lot of trouble because that's the best pass rush we've seen, arguably, yep. since the the Bears in their prime in the the mid '80s. Yeah, because they pin their ears back and just come after you. That's why those numbers are so high. To your point, and that's why I've been looking at this the entire time and. Like I said, when you told me about that second quarter part of who they are and how they oppose their will on teams going into halftime, that is why they can go out, come out in the second half and everybody's playing from behind because they've exposed you. Mm-hmm. They've, they've made you put up on your heels, and now you're trying to play catch-up. So it's it was something that has been a major part of their success all year long. Yeah, no, it really has been. I'll give you another number that made me a little, mm, it just made me a little leery looking at this matchup between the Chiefs and the Eagles. Do you, do you know Mahomes' Super Bowl numbers? Two touchdowns, four interceptions, mm-hmm. 6.1 yards per attempt, and a 64 passer rating. Those were Super Bowl stats. Yeah. That's not very good. He hasn't been great in yeah, Super Bowls. He has now, not. He's played against some really good defenses. Which is why Tampa he's Bay in was the a Super great Bowl. defense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. San Fran's defense, it was legit that year. Yeah. Um, so he's playing, and the Eagles defense is a legit defense. It's an elite defense. So they're playing against elite defenses, but he hasn't been spectacular in Super Bowls. No. Um, he's, I think he'll have a better stat line than these numbers uh, would lead you to believe, but he's going to be doing it against the best pass rush in the league and arguably the best pass defense in the league. Yeah, this is going to be a true challenge for him. And, again, without having his top-notch wide receiver in, in um, Tyreek Hill being there, mm-hmm. we just found out Markel, Markel Hardeman is not going to be able yeah, to play as there. well. So this is going to be what can he and and Travis Kelsey do to make this game move. And this is an opportunity. Remember yesterday when I was talking about the free agents. This is Juju Smith-Schuster's opportunity to make a lot of money going into next year. If you want to make money and want to be a prime Mm -hmm. target for other teams or you want to stay there in Kansas City, this is the game where you step up and let people remember who you are. You right about that? Yeah. yeah. You can make a lot of straight cash, homie, in this game because uh, uh, you're right. I mean, it's yeah. it's one of those games where heroes are made. Yep. Um, yep. Pretty much. You can, I remember my man David Tyree, who I was drafted with, had that big moment. He basically got another contract off of that. Sure did. That Super Bowl All catch. All on catch on the yeah. head. You and know they, what I'm saying? And, I, and I, I'm not hating on him, but I don't know if he necessarily deserved another contract, but they, they'd be damned they're going to you know, let the Super Bowl hero um, not get shown some love. So you're right about that. It's a really good point. Uh, also, something else to look at uh, in this matchup. Man, there's a ton of different ways we can break this thing down. Um, but I was looking at Chris Jones again. He, who? He, Chris Jones. Chris who? Junk Jones. <laughs> yeah. The man who at the combine running and running the four-yard dash in his uh, little man tights. And <laughs> his junk would not be denied because it exploded out of his tights. Freedom! And right there they had to blur it. They had to blur the image. <laughs> yeah. Right there NFL Network had to. But he kept running. He did not 
stop running, even though his junk came out. I think he tried to cover his junk with one of his giant hands and did, like, as he ran, could do that, and it didn't matter. It, you know, he still ended up um, performing well and yeah. ended up becoming one of the better D tackles in the league. So he had 15 and a half sacks this year. How about this? He had 15 and a half sacks, although he had the highest percentage of double teams for any D tackle mm-hmm. in the league. Yeah. He was double teamed 69% of the time. I know BK would appreciate that. 69% of the time he got double teamed. And how about this? He was double teamed versus Cincinnati when he had that dominant performance. Yeah. 82% of the time and still got multiple sacks. That goes back to what we were talking about. I guess that Cincinnati offensive line was worse than what we thought. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, or he's just that, maybe he's just that nasty, though. He could just you know be that saying? dominant. Yep. It's possible. Yeah, we've seen it happen before. He He's right now just playing at an extremely high level. Basically, you know, and I know Philadelphia's got a lot of guys playing. Hassan Reddick is playing at a high level, too. But the, the argument can be made that no defensive player on either side of the ball, is uh, either side of this matchup, I should say, is playing better than Chris Jones. Right. That's fair. You can make the argument that no lineman nope. on either side of the ball is playing better than Chris Jones. And Philadelphia's offensive line yep. with you know J- uh, with Jason Kelsey, he's a Hall of Fame center. Um, you know, they got Lane Johnson is hell, he might be a Hall of Famer too. No, he definitely gonna he be had a, he had a lot of sack in like two years. Yeah, he's he's a beast. So I'm not disregarding how great the lines of scrimmage are for both of these teams. I'm just saying that's how well Chris Jones is playing. Yeah, the only person that I might say has been giving him a run for his money would be Hassan Reddick. That would be the only one that I would say, okay, these two guys, opposite teams, those are the two that I would be paying the most attention to on that offense. I mean, on that defensive line mm-hmm. for both sides of the ball. Yeah. I mean, for both teams. No, no, no. That's uh, that's fair. I, I'm with you. I say it, it's the lines of scrimmage are strong yeah. for, for both of these yeah. squads, but I definitely think that Philadelphia has the edge in the lines of, on the lines of scrimmage, yeah. offense and defense. And you know, as I pointed out, I believe Philadelphia has got the edge at every position except head coach, quarterback, tight end. Yep. Yep. And those are really important positions. Very. And you know, right now for Patrick Mahomes. If if Patrick Mahomes can you know re- can move around better than he did in the last game, and I think he will because he has two weeks mm-hmm. for them to work some magic on that ankle. He, I, I do wonder if he'll be able to buy himself enough time because Philadelphia's gonna get there. Yeah, they're gonna. You be ain't there. gonna stop Philly from getting there. Philadelphia got too many dogs on that defensive front. Yep, they got Reddick, they got Graham, they got Fletcher Cox, they got. Oh man, it goes on and on. I'm missing a bunch of guys. They just they're loaded. Yeah, they're ready Har- for Javon it. Hargrave. They got they they got they really are seven eight deep on the D line. So yep. Dominican Sue is in the rotation. Yep, they start for most teams. And, and Dominican Sue is in the rotation. He's in rotation. He's in rotation. Yeah, yep, yeah. Yep. So they they're gonna get there, but can he buy himself just a little bit more time um, to make? And here's the thing: there's a fine line between Patrick Mahomes buying himself time and forcing Patrick Mahomes to hold on to the ball Mm -hmm. because he wants to get the ball out quickly. I I told you guys that Patrick Mahomes, he has changed his game almost. He's overhauled the entire game. He's essentially revamped his game. He's not even the same quarterback he was in the first four years of his uh, NFL career. He had 47 deep touchdown passes in his first four years. Mm -hmm. Uh, This year, 
He's got one. I remember you saying deep that. touchdown pass. One, one. That's a, a deep touchdown pass of twenty yards or more down the field. He's got one, ladies and gentlemen. That that's is all. ridiculous. He, he's only thrown the ball deep. Eight point two percent of his passes in twenty twenty two. That's a career low. So he has become a bit of a check down Charlie yeah. around here. His average depth of target in the playoffs six point four. Regular season, it's 7.7. That 6.4 would have been the league low. It would have been tied with Daniel Jones and Colt McCoy. So he has really <laughs> he's, no, he's really humbled himself yep. and decided, I'm going to take what the defense is giving me. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to let them you know, try to use my ego against me. because I ha- Just because you have a, a, an arm that can make all the throws, doesn't mean you should be trying to make all the throws. Well, here's the thing about it, and, and I'm glad you pointed that out, that he has taken a step back on himself to be able to say, I can't do that anymore. It takes a coach to be able to talk to him about that. Mm-hmm. Don't No risk it, no biscuit is yep. not going to fly right now. But him to be able to say, I can't do that because he went back and studied a little bit more and realized that is the way that I have been losing games. So how do I fix it? I'll be checked down Charlie. I'll dump it off. I'll let these guys make plays after the catch as opposed to me trying to stretch the field. I'll get my shots. I'll get my opportunities. But I'm not going to force those plays because I don't have that personnel anymore. Yeah, and, that, and, and schematically, this is going to be an interesting chess match between Kansas City and between uh, you know Philadelphia because you start looking at Philadelphia defense. I'm mm-hmm. oh, sorry. Go to the Philadelphia uh, offense here because I want to flip the script here talking about the quarterbacks. One thing that Kansas City loves to do, they love to play two high shells. Remember, getting back to why my man Patrick Mahomes is checking down and throwing underneath because teams are playing a lot more two high shell Mm -hmm. safety looks against him with deep safeties, two deep safeties, three deep safeties. So that means you have windows open underneath. They're not giving him the deep ball. Well, Kansas City lives by this defensively. They play more two deep safety shell looks than any other team in the NFL. No, um, no one plays more two high coverage than they do, uh, which means they're usually going to be light in the box because mm-hmm. they want they want defenders uh, devoted numbers devoted uh, to the passing game or def- defending the passing game. I should say, mm-hmm. Philadelphia runs the football as well, if not better than anybody else in the league. Yep. Period. They're the best quarterback run game in the league, and with the RPOs, and they run more RPOs than everybody else in the league, too. Um, they put defenders in a ton of conflict, but we know they want to run the rock, yeah. except on that first drive, like I mentioned. Yeah. <laughs> um, they run the rock for most of the game. I wonder if Kansas City's going to decide to put an extra defender in the box and play more single high coverages where they can load the box more, Put that extra safety down the box because if they don't and they're going to defend the running game of Philadelphia with two high shell looks, I think Philadelphia's going to eat them alive. Yeah, they going. We've seen Philadelphia bully ball and push around the 49ers. Well, they pushed them around. No, no, no I ain't talking about the you know the the scheme offensively and Brock Purdy. No, no, go look at some of the runs. When they, you know, they run against the 49ers, there was some runs, man, where they just they just pushed them. They yeah. they reset the line of scrimmage against the 49ers. And the 49ers, I think, have a better defensive front overall than the Kansas City Chiefs. But Kansas City's got Chris Jones. I do wonder schematically, though, if they'll decide, no, no, we're going single high against uh, Philadelphia because we got to stop that run game. Yeah. 
But remember, the Cowboys went and attacked the the Philadelphia Eagles as well. They put up a they bunch did. of points on that defense. So I'm sure that Andy Reid saw that and was like, what did the Cowboys do? Because I like my team a lot more than the Cowboys like theirs. And I can create a, a matchup or a mismatch in certain situations where my tight end is better, my wide receiver. They may not be as good, but I know my quarterback is better. And I have multi-level players as the uh, running backs. So I would think that they, they are dissecting ways to attack that because they saw some cracks in that armor as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, uh, going against that Philadelphia defense, you know, if you're Kansas City, you just want to make sure you have a semblance of a running game. I think the key for them, honestly, is going to be Pacheco. Yeah. He um, is going to be a major part of their success. Yeah, the Cowboys were able to have a balanced attack, and that's one of the keys to holding up against the Philadelphia defense because Philadelphia, if you're one-dimensional and they know you're throwing the football mm-hmm. and you're in second and long too much and you're in third and long too much, then they're going to pin their ears back and then you know go with God because you're going to yeah. need it. <laughs> go with God. Right? But Pacheco can keep them balanced, yep. and Pacheco's been great. He's one of six running backs to average at least five yards uh, per carry with the, have a minimum of 150 rushes. So that's a group like Aaron Jones, Tony Pollard's in that group, Travis Etienne, Nick Chubb, uh, Ramondre Stevenson. So you got some good backs in that group. He's he's actually also, you know, been a lot more explosive uh, yeah. than people want to give him credit for. So that's the key. So if you're talking about if you're talking about keeping that Eagles defense at bay, right. so that they can't be uber aggressive against you. I think balance for the Kansas City Chiefs is going to be the key. They're going to be able to run the rock successfully because they're going to be able to throw it. I mean, he's Patrick Mahomes. I mean, yeah. he's even though they have a wide receiving core that I think Philly might try to match up with man-to-man because they just don't fear Juju Smith-Schuster. They don't fear – I know McCole Hartman's not playing, but you know they don't fear Sky Moore. They right, don't fear right, what's right. got Justin Watson, uh, Kadarius Tony. Come on, man. Those guys don't demand a double team. They don't demand gravity. You're not going to roll coverage that way. So you could see Philly decide to go man-to-man coverage and and then devote an extra body to stopping Kelsey. Just say, you know what, we're going to double-team Kelsey on every damn play. Yeah. And if you want to beat us with Kadarius Tony and Mar- Marquez Valdez-Scantling becomes the MVP, well, mm-hmm. so be it. But Kelsey and Mahomes, yeah. we ain't letting that happen. That, boy, they, they got you on edge over there. You that's, know what, that's how that's I would do it. I'm like, yeah. nah, you ain't, you ain't get, I'm not letting you beat me with that guy. Everybody knows you want, me, you want to beat us with that guy. No, no, no. that ain't happening. Yeah. So on passing downs, I would take that dude away. Yeah, that's smart. I mean, that's a great game plan to be yeah. able to do that. But are you going to be able to – I think that they will have an opportunity to stretch the field. Now, it's going to be what we talked about. He's going to take shots. He's going to have to take shots, but you have to be able to to hit on that. Kadarius Tony, since you mentioned him, full participant today at practice. He's been dealing with some injuries, but he was a full participant today. So it'll be it'll be interesting. They're going to need him. Yeah, they're going to uh, definitely need him. They they will cuz the fact of the matter is James Bradbury and Darius Slay are arguably the best cornerback combo in the league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darius Slay is an all-pro, but Bradbury has actually had a better year than Darius Slay. That's what nobody wants to talk about. Darius Slay's got the big name, mm-hmm. uh, but James Bradbury has been phenomenal. He was uh, a guy that I mentioned yesterday about being – well, I didn't. I, matter of fact, I didn't get a chance to mention him, but he was somebody that some other teams are going to be looking at if 
they don't re-sign him back in Philadelphia. Oh, yeah. That's why you got to give yeah. Howie Roseman some credit. He was aggressive, got James Bradbury as one of the ones he brought in. Now, he's a better zone uh, defender than a man defender, and Darius Slay is better than man. Mm-hmm. But he's got four interceptions, 12 PBUs, has only allowed 51 passer rating so far this season. Um, 44 receptions allowed on 94 targets. He's been phenomenal. So I, I would trust my corners to hold up. Yeah. I really would if I was – Philadelphia. I trust those guys to hold up in coverage, and I'd really devote resources to doubling Kelsey whenever you can, whether it be a linebacker underneath or a nickel and a safety or a nickel and a linebacker, because that guy, him and Mahomes can beat you on their own. Just yeah, them two. They have. They, exactly, they just them have. two. Just those two yeah. guys and their connection, I wouldn't let that happen. And I would, and this is the thing too, one other little nugget here before we uh, move on and talk some Longhorn football because Quinn Ewers shaved the mullet. That's the biggest news on the People 40 People are acres. distraught right oh, now, Oh, man, the they're on it. They're, yeah. Longhorn fans are giddy right now <laughs> over this news. And also we'll talk about the highest recruiting budgets in college football. Uh, but Mahomes and Kansas City don't often see third. They don't see third down a lot. Right. This is the thing about Mahomes and his group. So on if you look at Mahomes on first down in 2021 and 2022, uh, during it, they actually actually has been great on first down. So good, in fact, completion percentage around sixty nine percent yards per attempt, around seven point seven percent last two years on first down. He's so good on first down now that they have a fifty seven percent basic conversion rate on first and second down. Mm. So they don't even see third down. Right. Yeah, I mean they convert and mm-hmm. convert a first down on first or second down. So half the challenge is getting him to third down. You get them to third down, that's half the damn battle. But then when you give them to the third down, let's say you get them to third and long. Remember I gave you that yesterday? On third and seven plus yards to go, man, he's he's converting, or at least the Kansas City Chiefs are converting, I should say, 43% right. of their third and longs. Third and 10 plus yards to it's go. because they got that dude. Third and seven plus yards without Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they got that yeah. dude. Mostly though. because yeah, slanging that thing. It's Travis Kelsey. <laughs> so I, I think yes, half the battle is getting them to third down. But then after you give them the third down, it ain't over because after that he's just as lethal yeah. on third and long converting those. And I think a lot of that is Kelsey. That's why no doubt second and third down, I would double Kelsey. Man, you got to beat me with somebody else. Kelsey getting about nine targets this game, maybe ten in this game. They've yeah. already discussed it. Yep, it it is chosen. I already know. Give me the ball, and they love three tight end packages too. Yep, yep. Uh, so they'll they'll try to hide Kelsey in a in a thirteen personnel set, one back, three tight ends, and uh, make it a bunch. Yeah, and you know they'll, they'll use them in different formations. Right. Uh, yeah, so they've used a, basically a trio of tight ends uh, more than any other team in the league. As yeah. long as you don't pop my head and get in my eye. We're going to be all right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, they got 957 yards uh, as a team with three tight ends on the field. No other team has over 700. Man. They love the three tight end package. Man. Okay, let's get to the big news on the 40 acres because Quinn Ewers has shaved the mullet. Yep, it is breaking what? news. Uh, we don't know what this means for Texas football, but we'll discuss it. Also, highest recruiting budgets in college football. Where do the Longhorns rank? All that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. My milkshake brings all our boys to the yard, and they're All 
Welcome back to Bar Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a new theme Thursday. My man Patrick plays songs for us, and we're supposed to gather hints and clues uh, that lead us to the new theme of the day. And a new theme for today, for new theme Thursday, is National Toothache Day. So all the songs are centered and themed around things that would give you a toothache. This is one of those songs, Patrick, that parents didn't know exactly what it meant. When they would let their kids sing it in the car and stuff on the way yeah. to school, they didn't know about that milkshake. They know that milkshake was yeah. all about it. I think they found out like years later, but that's too late by then. Yeah. You and your kids had sung it as a family. My milkshake yeah. brings out a custody yeah. Everybody said it. He realized kids about version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. They realized like it means what the milkshake. Oh no, uh-huh. yeah. Superman was like that. Remember uh, uh, the Superman? Who sang Superman? The, the, the rapper. Uh, 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 What's the Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Oh, everybody was singing Superman. Yeah. I was like, I don't think people understand what that song Super is Soul- talking about. Her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a Superman now. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. Now well, the we parents singing it. They were singing it in schools. Like they would do like they do like school like uh, like programs. They start the program out by singing Soldier Boy. Yeah. Superman. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Know hey. what the song means. Yeah. <laughs> like that's not no no. That's that's nope. not what it is. That's not what it is. And they found out later. It's like, oh, Especially that's what he's like talking about? like when they used to talk about yin-yang <laughs> twins, too. They had a song that like was like that. Yeah, and all the kids were saying, it's like, yeah. y'all need to study them lyrics yeah. before you just start singing the songs. Yeah. Okay, but mm. I get it. Uh, but there you go. My man Patrick, always doing a great job with uh, new, all the musically themed days of the week. All right, let's get to this story because it's big story and it was breaking news. Um, ding, ding, ding. How about this, ladies and gentlemen, Longhorn fans? Quinn Ewers has officially cut the mullet. My man Hard showed me the pictures, and now it's a viral sensation, uh, at least among Longhorn fans on their Twitter timeline. Yeah, he buddy. has cut the mullet, and you know what? The more I process it and digest it, I am, in fact, I support him cutting the mullet. Yep. Because I'm all in. I went and looked at this number. This number is why I support him cutting the mullet. I looked at Sports Info Solutions, catchable ball rate by quarterbacks in their mm. rank. Mm. Quinn Ewers, 120th. Aye. 120th. That's not a good number. Catchable ball rate. So, in that case, uh, you know what? Shave that damn mullet off. It was yeah. doing you no good at all because I know you're better than that. And now we're going to start anew. Matter, brand matter, new hairstyle, brand new season, brand new man. Matter, matter of fact, you need to go ahead and get that Stetson Bennett cut. Oh, you remember you said, if that's what we do, I need you to go ahead and get the that Stetson Bennett. <laughs> if he was balding last year, right. you can do whatever you want to do. Look yeah. at Bijan. we never seen a Bijan Robinson hairstyle until he came to Texas with that Bijan hairstyle. Mm-hmm. Now we all love the Bijan hairstyle. If Bijan was a bad football player and wasn't as good as he was, we'd be like, what the hell's wrong with you? You exactly. can start by doing something with that hair. Go to the barber shop or shave it all off and go bald. Yep. Anything is better than what the the hell you're sporting on your head right now. Yep. But no, he's one of the best running backs we've ever seen in our lifetime. He's one of the generational running backs, so Bijan can wear what the hell he wants to wear on his head because he's Bijan. Matter of fact, we call it the Bijan now. Ding, ding. For him. There it it's is. It's an homage to how great he is. They do a little, they have a little, uh, I think the uh, the Bijan Musterson. Exactly. They have like a silhouette. They do. Of just like his don't, hair and his head. Don't forget they had that, that. Big, uh, big head running around. They had it. They had the mascot running around, and we were like, get it away from me. That thing was scary. It was scary. It was scary because it had the Bichon hair. Yes. The Bichon hair. And by the way, I've seen the Bichon hair. Yes. I've seen it three different times. I saw it when I went to brunch with my wife a couple of weeks ago. We saw it at a random brunch spot. All right. Phoebe, is anybody asking? Nice brunch. I saw it at a gym. 
Yep. I went. I actually met. I wasn't at the gym working out. I met somebody you at the gym. Somebody, yeah, 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 yeah. A guy at the gym I had it, and I saw another dude walking on the street downtown. Separate guys. Maybe it was the same guy. I don't know. What's the chance it of me seeing the same guy? Well, you was busy. And very then you came back, and you're like, oh man, that's a yeah. different angle. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen it three different times, three different human beings, three separate occasions wearing the Bijan now, and they definitely they're at the beginning of their Bijan stage, trying to wear it like Bijan. But he's inspired a generation no of doubt. people to wear that hairstyle, which I've never seen before. It, very rare. And now the mullet is now gone, gone. So we start fresh. And you know what else is gone? Patrick, can I get the breaking news sounder? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. This came over 6.36 p.m., which is three minutes ago. Uh-oh. Big 12 announces agreement for withdrawal of Oklahoma and Texas. Well, damn. 23-24. Texas will be gone in 24. They will be in the SEC. We'll obviously get more information tonight as it starts to go about. But now it has been announced that it is official. Texas will be in the SEC in 2024. Do we know what changed? We do not. I do, okay. I do, do see we know this right the, here the, on the website. It says, as I consistently stated, the conference would only agree to an early withdrawal if it was for the best interest for Oklahoma, if it is in our best interest for Oklahoma and Texas to depart prior to the June 30th, 2025, Commissioner Brett Yormark says, by reaching this agreement, we are able to accelerate a new beginning of a 12-team league, league and move forward in earnest with our initiatives of future planning. I appreciate the approaches of OU President Joe Harzog and the UT President Jay Hartzell to ensure an amicable conclusion to this process. And I look forward to the bright days ahead for the Big 12 Conference. And so we still don't know what what changed in the negotiations. Because uh, uh, reportedly the only group that was holding up the early exit for Texas and Oklahoma was Fox. And that might have been it. Because Fox wanted their money. Fox, or Fox, by the way, they deserved it. Contractually, Texas and Oklahoma owed them that money from the mm-hmm. grant of rights and all that kind of stuff. But they wanted to be made whole by, you know, the void left in their advertising dollars, budget, revenue, whatever, mm-hmm. by Texas and Oklahoma leaving, considered those are two of your blue bloods and your big money makers. Yep. So I'm assuming, and remember, the, the exit fee for Oklahoma, they were not prepared at that time to pay it. Texas apparently was ready to pay it in full, but Oklahoma wasn't ready to, wasn't ready to pay it, and SEC would not allow Texas to come in without an Oklahoma. They wanted them at right. the same time. So I just wonder what changed. And Because I think the Big 12 wanted this too. ESPN wanted this. Texas wanted this. Oklahoma wanted this. Everybody wanted this except Fox. So maybe they convinced Fox to just say, hey, man, we'll make you whole some other kind of way. Yep. Just let Texas and Oklahoma get the hell out so we can start Anew. It says compensation to the conference for the early withdrawal of the two schools totals $100 million in foregone distrib- uh, distributal uh, revenue. Okay. So that might have been something which OU in Texas will be able to partially offset with future revenues. So I guess they just negotiated it down to the exit fee yep. being combined $100 million. And I believe at first they were talking about each school, each institution – 
you know, owing upwards of eighty million. Yep. It was gonna be a big like hundred and sixty million be dollars together. Um so there you go. That's good. Yep. That's great news for Texas. That's great news for the Big Twelve too. You don't for everybody. You you don't want one of those situations. I remember reading an article about this uh in the New Yorker years ago that a ton of Americans they were dealing with such, you know, financial instability and uncertainty, and we all are kind of dealing with it right now too again. Um there are a lot of couples they were they were getting divorced, but they still had to live together because they couldn't financially afford to separate, even though yep. they were getting divorced and all that, um, but they were living in you know same quarters but in different parts of the house. Just a really uncomfortable and depressing situation. No. That essentially is what's happening with Texas and Oklahoma. Uh, divorced people still living in the same house. Yep. That ain't natural. <laughs> that ain't natural. Yeah, we ain't living in no open relationship. You know what <laughs> yeah. I'm saying? You got to uh, make yeah. sure you do the right thing. Uh, it's good for Texas, though. So yeah. go win the damn conference on your way out, Thank please. Thank you. Man, they gave you a very favorable schedule on go your way out. win the damn conference yeah. on your way out. You got a very favorable schedule. The refs will be what the refs are, but you can't let that happen because you got a favorable schedule. You got a good team. Go on the way you out. You got a quarterback with a new yeah. haircut. Quarterback with you know a new head. You got a lot going on for you. You got, I mean, you're returning 10 of 11 starters on offense. Yeah. you. I mean, everything lines up for you. Entire O-line. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm with you. I think this is really good news in terms of momentum for Texas. Uh, this is great news that you will be in the SEC after one more year in Big 12 competition. So just go win the whole damn thing. Now, if you're not represented, at least represented in the Big 12 championship, um, this last year in the Big 12, I think we can all agree, or maybe we can't, maybe it's just my opinion, so maybe no, we can't no, all agree. We, well, I think we headed we can't in the all same agree conversation. That Texas' tenure in the Big 12, as glorious as some of those glory years were, um, honestly, it'd be a little bit of a disappointment. Yeah. Considering how many, how how few Big 12 titles, or how many Big 12 titles you played for Thank and you. won. Thank you. I mean, you know, I think Oklahoma would, in football, in football, Oklahoma yep. would have won more Big 12 titles than Texas played for. Yep. So Texas and Oklahoma will be full members of the of the SEC July first, twenty twenty four. All right. Full members. So walking into football season the following year, next year, all SEC. They got to start changing all the monikers. Oh, schedule scheduling is going to be changed. I mean, a they got to get too. that going now. In case yep. they, in case they were thinking, oh man, Texas may not be here twenty twenty five. Oh no, nope. they better start breaking out that schedule now because it'll be a b- bigger and you know newer SEC as well. Because yep. adding two new teams, no doubt. And we still don't know if they're doing pods or divisions. I don't think we have heard that. Yep. So. Looking forward to it. Really excited about it. And uh, we'll be here to talk to you about it and break it down for you. We'll come back. We will wrap it up, put it in the oven, all of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Pop a top again. Do you mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion, sir. I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already 5 o'clock here. 
It's time for What's on Tap. How about a nice cool drink? That is oh, really man, good. That is good. That's that is... Pop a top again. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Getting ready to wrap it up and put it in the oven. Before we do, we'll let you know what's on tap. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Coming up next, you got Longhorn Weekly. Um, that's with uh, Longhorn Weekly, of course, with my man Craig Way, the voice of the Longhorns. Uh, but also, uh, you have that with Coach Rodney Terry. Um, by the way, Hard, did, you did inform me. This public knowledge, can I say it this? It is tonight? public knowledge because okay, it was a report sure. that came out. Sounds, so. Sometimes Hard be like, tell me stuff, and like, yeah. oh, I can't tell everybody that. <laughs> yeah. That's not breaking news. That's uh, inside stuff. Yep. But yes, it is stuff we can talk about, right? Exactly. Yeah. Rodney Terry has just been uh, got a coaching raise because he is being the head coach. Damn right. So he's gone from $500,000 a year to one. $1.2 million Ooh. a year. So he's doing the job as well a head done. coach. And that straight cash. as my, man, as my man Patrick said, they are in first place. Hey, is your first place in the Big 12. Yeah, you've earned a little bit of it. Yeah, so. you the conference that, that has produced the last two national champions. Yeah, and you've done a good job, and, and everybody's excited about it. So kudos to him and Chris Del Conte. Has uh, posted that and, and and it's been an article that's already been out. So, yeah, yeah. And, I'm, and I agree with Patrick. It's a great time for it to your leading the Big Twelve, and you did this amid a crisis, uh, right? Definitely in, in a, a crisis, crisis situation. So right. uh, good for him for keeping uh, not only just keeping the thing afloat, no doubt. But hell, man, y'all are y'all are right now. Y'all flying high. It's got to no keep it going. Doubt about got to keep it going. Uh, so that's coming up next, and right after that, you got the flex. Just talked to my man Zach Lucero. He's really excited. Him and the seed Nolan Hogan. They got your flex at eight p.m. and then right after that, uh, you'll have um, Longhorn Blitz. That's right. Longhorn Blitz. I've got the show that I'm on. Yeah, the show that you're on. <laughs> uh, I want to give a special shout out to Park Crest Middle School. It was the last basketball game this year. Uh, they won and they were district champs for the first time in a very long time. And shout out to my son's basketball team. Hey, yep. there you go, man. Congratulations. Yep. Yep. Yeah, putting in. He's been waiting for that district championship, so he's going to be real excited about it. I like that because winning matters yep. to him. Uh, I yep. like that, baby. All about the team. Um, all right. I want to thank my man Hart for doing a great job and thank my man Pat for doing a great job as well. Remember, the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Longhorn Week with Craig Way and Coach Terry coming up next. Peace.